1: the liberty podcast this is episode number two hundred and ninety of East Central's favorite show I'm Jeremiah Morrill Uh, today I'm joined by executive video producer audio engineer aficionado Zach Burcham making us sound good and look good and my forever co-host is at my side mr. Dakota Davis what have we planned for today
0: Today's episode features the return of Mr. Brad Kloppenstein. If you've been listening to the show for at least five years, then you're going to remember that name. And then we also have the first-time appearance of Mr. Jim Merritt. Jim is a former state senator. Um, we're going to be talking to him about his career in the state senate, uh, what his future has to hold at the very end. We're going to be talking about uh, some other things. And uh, I will just say this. You don't want to miss the end of the show, so make sure you stick around and listen to all of it. All right. With that, man, I'm out of practice. I haven't been in this, this year for a week, and I've already
1: changed screens and forgot what i was supposed script. to say. This show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you, other times we'll make you laugh, but hopefully, you'll always learn something new. Uh, just did a little bit over 20 minutes on our Patreon, Dakota. And what did we cover? We covered my my travel woes, which really weren't that bad, but I we can make them sound bad.
0: We talked about. All kinds of juicy travel bits. You told some really nasty stories about Aaron Ewert. So I, but did, that's, I did spill the tea on Ewart only over there. Then we talked about the boat Sport and travel show too, but patreon.com slash boss hog of liberty, or you can go to boss hog of liberty.com and click the support here button. That is where you can go to support the show on a monetary level, uh, every month. They start out at $5 a month. We go all the way up to $50 a month. And if you donate at $50 or more a month, then you get a shout-out at the front of every show. And those folks are Miss Christy Avery from all the way in Fort Wayne, our favorite Norwex dealer, Mr. Jonathan Phillips from Buick, Andy Moore Buick, GMC, and Fishers, also a candidate for the Newcastle City Council. And then Mr. Anthony Meyer, who is a trucker, making sure that this country keeps running. Special
1: so. shout out to Christy. I saw her today. Dropped off uh, the silent auction item. I was the the courier uh, for the big box of magazines uh, that uh, that were donated to Rex Bell and the Wayne County LP, and uh, they will be available at the at the silent auction she's putting on next month. So, good luck, happy bidding. If you're into vintage uh, semi-clad. Uh, politicians in magazines i don't know what the hell they are there's there's a, gary jo- there's a gary johnson edition and there's a donald trump edition and every other playboy magazine from like a three-year period before uh before dakota was born in the early 90s yeah uh so godspeed so they're, they're not for me but they're for somebody and they're there they are who knows should be fun and i know
2: there's going to be some alps brow uh stuff in that side yeah, I, I, too that I, I was i was going to say dakota Styling and grooming was different back then. But,
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's actually funny. Uh, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna say this, but I am now. Um, she sent a picture of the tote and like the top magazine on the tote was a lady and I looked at it and it said Gabby Reese. And I was like, is that Laird Hamilton's wife? So I looked it up and I was like, Laird Hamilton is a famous surfer. And I was like, Oh, my God. It is Laird Hamilton. I'm used to seeing Gabby Reese. She's like in her 60s, bit, 50s now, <laughs> late 50s with Laird Hamilton and their three children like on as a family on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you might want to bid on that. She had a going
3: on. <laughs> she was, a prof- was she a professional volleyball player?
0: Yes.
2: I, I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah.
3: She mm-hmm. was. I have quite, quite an athlete. I yeah. have
2: literally no idea,
1: but I'm sure she's very talented. <laughs> All right. So thank you guys for the patrons for, for continuing to help us out, uh, getting this show on the air every week, except for last week, which is my fault. Um, uh, Brad, it's been five years since you've graced the presence and we're in a
2: brand new building since then. This is amazing. I didn't think it had been five years, but it was in Dakota's attic or. Yeah, the, the room upstairs, I didn't realize that I was on so early on in the Boss Hog of Liberty franchise. I'm glad to be back. Thank you very much. We're, we're glad to have
1: you. Yeah, You have been rolling out
2: Alpsbrow. I, I brought Here. presents. You want me to pass them yes, out? Yes, please. <laughs> uh,
1: you have been doing a slow release of this product for probably two to three years.
2: Uh, I acquired the trademark two years ago. So two years ago, January, so 25 months. And um, so here, I'll just give the story. So Alps Brow here, this was an old Fort Wayne beer. It was um, the 95th anniversary beer for Scent Liver Brewing Company out of Fort Wayne. And they launched it to great fanfare. Uh, clearly, it was designed by the marketing department because it has a very nice label to it. It is
1: a spectacular logo. Yeah.
2: So um, yeah. very... It, it very much
1: reminds me that we're in the high country of Indiana here, near the headwaters of almost every river. You're at one of the highest elevations in the Alps of Indiana, right here. In
2: yes, Indiana. we are. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yes, the, the valley, the Blue River Valley could be on this label. It could be. So
1: that is that, is that I mean, these, these are the headwaters of both the Flat Rock and the Big Blue River are right here. Which come together and make the driftwood and, and, and flow into the White River that go on down
2: the way. I, I don't think that water was used in the brewing of Alp Sprout. <laughs> this is probably straight out of the mommy. It, it could be. It probably is. So possibly the Fort Wayne Municipal Water Supply. So yeah, let's open them. Give it a taste. I'm very excited. The silver can. Mmm, it is actually. So it's.
0: Mm, that's good.
2: It, it the does label. Taste good. Like a lot of craft beers, um, it's a, it's now a sticker That's that goes awesome. on there, but it's got some opaque portions of that sticker. So you can see the can and the can actually makes some of the label. And so right. it's good. So anyhow, so this beer came out in 57. Um, like a lot of breweries at the time, they faced some competition from the bigger national brewers. They took on some investors that didn't go so well. So the, the, the scent liver family. Spun the brewery off to the employees in 61-ish. And then uh, the employees ran the brewery till 73, and they couldn't make a go of it, so they shut the brewery down in Fort Wayne. And then Peter Hand Brewery up in Chicago picked up the brands and brewed them until 78. When they went out of business, the brand died.
1: So in 1978, I assume it was another casualty of the blizzard
2: of 78. Oh, I had not thought about that, but... uh it's very possible that they could not make the deliveries and then it messed up their cash flow. So, yeah, so I don't know the whole story. I, I've had a hard time finding out a lot of information about Peter hand. Yeah. Um, fortunately on this, I've met a whole bunch of members of the scent liver family and they are as excited as can be. They came to our launch party that was up in Fort Wayne. Christy Avery was at the launch party up in Fort Wayne. I gave her a, a, a little care package that's going to be auctioned off. So um it's, It's been a cool journey. So I've met a lot of neat people along the way. I interviewed a bunch of different breweries until I finally came up with two Toms.
1: So I, I, and I'm sure Dakota has a full list plan, but how, how do you know that what you're brewing today is consistent with what it was when it existed the first time?
2: So this would not be exactly what it was the first time. So, uh, the recipe is lost to history, but, um, Tom Carpenter, who's the brewer, he owns Two Tom Brewery, and they're the ones that brew this. Tom did some research and went with a style like they were brewing at that time, but then he gave it just a hint of craftiness to make it somewhat modern to for today's gotcha. drinkers. Yeah,
0: that's smart. Yeah,
2: real smart. So it,
1: it's I, not overly hoppy. But no, it's, it's not. It, it, it's it, it, but it's it's very refreshing, mm-hmm. almost a citrus flavor. -hmm. Not, not overpowering, but it's, it's very, it's between a light beer and,
2: and just a a hint of citrus. I think it's official style would be a Vienna style lager. So it's somewhat of an amber, but yeah, one of my requirements was like, all right, we're not going to over hop this thing. I want people to be able to drink it and enjoy it and have more than one of it,
0: one of them in a setting. So I was going to say I could drink multiple of these. uh, That's something I can't do with usual craft beers. Right. So and
2: it's it's at a decent price point. So I think uh, the brewery's selling it for nine dollars a six pack.
1: Oh, no, very fair, that's, very fair for price yeah. point. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and so tell us about the scaling up. So you, you identify a brewery, and then I, I know that one of your past lives is in the alcohol distribution world. Correct. And people like Senator Merritt over here made the world very complicated for trying to take take an adult product to market. Now that was 1933.
4: <laughs> people say I was in the Senate at that time, but I really wasn't.
1: What What's it like to? Because it's not like you can just go sell this directly yourself to somebody. No.
2: I assume no. What, so what What's the process to getting this in people's hands? So. My wife likes to say that this is largely a fig- figment of my imagination and that I pulled this out of my butt to make it happen, but it happened. So, so at first I got the trademark. I've, I, I went to a, uh, a graphic artist and I said, all right, I've got this brand. We've got this old logo. We need to crisp this up so that it Wait, Who has a
1: trademark? Where does that even come from?
2: So uh, it was available. Okay. All right. So, um, so this is a very dark underworld of the beer community. <laughs> it,
1: somewhere in Chicago, you you you
2: acquired it. I, I acquired it. All right. So yeah. So, so I need to know. yeah. So it, it it was. It wasn't
4: it, the waters of Fort Wayne. <laughs> no,
2: no, it was not. So um. So anyhow, but it's like all right. I need to have a digital logo. And again, this is a brand that nobody remembered. It went out of business for a reason. It's not like there's a whole big club of people saying I can't wait till they bring back Alps Brow. <laughs> so um. So we had a little party at my house. I'm like, all right, I'm going to need some seed money to get this going. And we have like a dozen of our friends come over. And I go to hold the trademark. I've got to be selling something. So I, the first thing I did, I had a bunch of little refrigerator magnets made up. And I go, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have a party. Everybody's going to donate $100. You're going to get a limited edition magnet. These will not be available after tonight. They're going to be numbered on the back so you know what they are. And this money is going to get me a website. It's going to clean up a logo and we're going to get at least a little bit of merchandise to sell so that we maintain the the trademark. After that, we started going around and just talking to different breweries and said, here's what we've got. There's, there is some history in this. So like Upland does champagne velvet and does pretty well with champagne velvet. There's others that have tried to bring back like Sterling and it failed miserably. So I, I don't know all the, the is false city a reboot? Fall it city is. So, false city does not make anything close to what false city was. It's, it's very hopped and very different. And they've got a number of different styles. Um, but Friedemann, these, but these, these brands have come back, I guess they, they, they have yeah. come back. So, but the one thing that I, I learned was any brewery that has brought back a brand, it might not be their most interesting beer, but it is easily their best seller. So, mm-hmm. and I knew that with my connections, it would sell. So we talked to a lot of breweries that were interested, but they were just too small. They didn't put it in a can. And I mean, I'm selling nostalgia as much as, as much as I am the beer inside. The beer is great. Yeah, it is fantastic. But a lot of people are going to try it because they're like, Oh my gosh, Alpsbrow, that's that old Indiana beer. So, um, so I had to get somebody that had a canning line and had at least some capacity to bring this on. I talked to a couple really big brewers and one of them laughed and just said, "Uh, no, Uh, the other one said, Great. Commit to doing 50,000 cases out of the shoot. Ooh, I'm good. I'm not, I'm not sure I'm that good though. So, um, so I, I talked to several and I'd actually talked to Tom from two Toms like a year and a half ago. And at the time he was mildly interested, but we never really followed up. And then he reached back out to me this fall and said, Hey, I think I'm to a point where if that brand is still available, I'd like to give it a try with you. And we met with him a couple of times. Him and his wife are fantastic. And it's it's Fort Wayne originally too. It it ties directly back into that community. And so I really, if I I really wanted to be with somebody from Fort Wayne, but that certainly narrows the market. Um, But yeah, it's been great. And in the meantime, he'd opened a tap room up in Fishers. This Fort Wayne hate
1: is just too much to take. You know, you know, Fort Wayne and Orlando, Florida have the same population, right? They are the same size communities.
2: (laughs) Yes, yes, they are. Similar climates as well. well, I believe. (laughs)
1: listen, if Mickey Mouse had moved to Fort Wayne. You couldn't keep
0: keep the people off four sixty nine. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> is it is the uh, is the two toms is in Fishers is that off ninety six? It is.
2: It's so yeah, right off I sixty nine, just west. It's in front of the big Menards, if you're familiar okay. with it. So um, yeah, so it's great. So we had good response. We got TV. We got radio on it. The only th- area where we stumbled, we miscalculated the demand. And in you needed that 50,000 number, didn't we do you, you need the 50,000? Because in in five days we've effectively sold out. And so we're going to be out for the next three and a half weeks waiting on the next batch. Wow. That's done. really impressive. Thank God. That
1: you didn't awesome. launch
0: a bourbon, Brad. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the, uh, the seven more years of waiting. <laughs> that's exactly. what the plant in Southern Indiana is for. They go, yeah, this match bill is pretty much the same. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I've been thrilled by it. Um, so we've got a Facebook page, obviously,
2: and, uh, and our website, and I'm trying to keep people updated on where they can find it because we're still getting some deliveries out from people that committed ahead of time. But like, there was a liquor store in Plainfield that committed, and they sold out in less than a day. That's insane. Their delivery came on Tuesday, and by Wednesday morning, they were out. So, so we'll figure it out. So
1: the guerrilla marketing has gotten this first wave claimed off the shelves instantaneously. It has. So,
2: so the. The the challenge is going to be once everybody tries it once, getting them to come back and buying it for a second time. I mean, there's some novelty to it, and the novelty selling on the front end, but it's great beer. So it, I think it will continue yeah. to expand,
0: and yeah, it, it's been a, it's been a fun journey for sure. I really like it. So I'm a Miller Light guy, mm-hmm. um, and I drink Miller Lights all the time, and I always try to like. Throughout the summertime, especially, like, I'll grab a small case of some type of craft beer and keep it in the fridge for like mowing the yard and stuff. And, uh, yeah, I can, I'm definitely going to be picking up a case. This or is two. totally a lawnmower
2: built beer. Even.
0: Oh yeah. The good news is I wasn't sure how many people were going to be here tonight,
2: so there's more than one for each of us. So, <laughs> spectacular. <laughs> so don't feel like you got to nurse this one. Okay. <laughs> well, it, it, it's, it's his last can. It's a. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. It, it, it won't a, be available for three more.
1: Don't feel bad,
0: but it's his it's, last it's can. a
1: boating beer. It's a lawn mowing beer. It's mm-hmm. it's, it's great. I'm really hoping that the folks uh, in our audience is going to tell uh, the Blue River Tap House across the road that they should probably reach out to the Alps people. Now, are they and, brewing and, themselves, or do they just have a long list of beers? They are going to do a very select amount of brewing themselves in the basement, I believe. Maybe, okay. Maybe very, very small, just enough for themselves.
2: Is that the Scambries that are starting that? I believe so. I'll have okay. to
1: double-check. I, I used friends to sell beer, beer with them. But uh, I, your, your Facebook friends in common, I know okay. that. Yeah. Um, but I, I know they're going to have a lot of guest taps in there. So I'm all about guest taps. This is the uh, this is this is the makes it's a it's a perfect synergy to me.
2: It is so, yeah. Obviously, I am I am born and bred in Indiana. I found out my mom has told me in the last couple of years I'm a seventh generation Hoosier. Wow, wow. which it's hard to get to seventh seven generations mm-hmm. since the yeah. state was founded.
4: You know, you got to be <clears throat> prolific breeders. The yeah. great <laughs> the great part about this beer other than the taste is that they've got a wonderful promoter. And it—it's all about promotion. It's all about branding, and and uh, he's had—he's got a good start, and uh, he's going to be sponsoring some podcasts in the future. Very good. <laughs> you were on the side of a race
1: car,
2: were you not? And then. Uh, we- Qual- attempted to qualify. Qual- they didn't qualify. There's only been how about, how, how many cars have not qualified for the five hundred in the last ten years? I was on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but you got a picture of the car, right? I did. Yeah, yeah I got a picture of it. That's it's all it's, you need.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> we, we were at Daytona on a car this last weekend. The of Liberty was on that. was on an Arca car. Yeah, uh, Brayton Laster from a Green is it Greenwood? I believe he's from Greenwood, Indiana. Yeah. Wow, uh, small family team, and they mm-hmm. were doing little micro sponsorships, and he went down and ran. Uh, so he ran at the Arca race, which Frankie Muniz, Malcolm Middle, was also in that race. Yeah, huh. Uh but uh I think I think Brayton finished twenty fifth or so. And the, and the winner
3: was from Anderson.
1: But yeah, the winner is an Anderson local. So hmm. yeah. a lot of Hoosiers in that in that event. Is, there's not. A, is there an Arca race in Indiana? Winchester. Okay, I believe they race Winchester still, so. and Salem. I
3: think I. I bet there are
1: a couple. Their their, cal, their calendar changes. It's not like. It, it, there's not total data equity mm-hmm. but i know they race the dirt track at the illinois state fairgrounds uh and i believe they run winchester and Salem. okay so yeah you got a lot of arca a lot of arca opportunities here as well <laughs> So, yeah big we're big racing fans around here too jim <laughs> so am I. There's, there's nothing there's nothing that we don't we don't touch we're <laughs> we've had uh, bat, uh Ken Benson's been on the show. A Newcastle native, mm-hmm. uh, basketball, baseball, football. My
4: chiropractor is a former racer. So, oh really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I bleed Indy five hundred and NASCAR, and it's good to see NASCAR has a lot of Hoosiers. Oh, yeah. in, in, you know, in, in the Cup races and whatnot. Chase Briscoe of Mitchell, Chase and, uh, mm-hmm. J- Justin Haley. I think is from. He's up north.
2: I need to get some of those guys back in an Indy That's
1: just my opinion. Next year, you got another chase. It'll be in an Indy car, in a very fast Indy car.
0: That's true. You're going to make a patron, Andrew Bowman, a little upset with those words. He's the big NASCAR guy. Sorry, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Fact. It's okay. Well,
1: it's it, get this beer sponsorship launched well enough. I mean, maybe you'll be on the side of a little 500 car or an Indy 500 car this year.
0: This could be the Alps Brawl, Boss Hog of Liberty from the Alps Brawl Studios. <coughs>
1: Ooh. A neon sign back there would look would look. I a neon sign.
4: It Would I,
2: look spectacular. I looked into those. Heck, they were like eight hundred dollars. Yeah, for yeah and very
4: few people make them.
2: Yeah, yeah. They're, they're manufacturing
4: gone. them are very difficult.
2: And you know who's
1: buying them now? Are wedding parties, like huh. for the the. You'll you get one. My brother had one made, but you'll get one made for your photo booth for a wedding. Cause everybody, it's a, it's a big production when you get, mm-hmm. when you, Brad, you know, this you're yep. wet. you got to get the, you got to get the backdrop and you've got to get the neon sign made up with the last name, a lot of extra letters in your name. So the sign would have been cost prohibitive. I'm sure.
2: Clops. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah, yes. The clops, the clops,
3: just, just get like two or three made and then sell the other two. And you probably make enough money to pay for yours. Actually, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Because yeah, people I mean like I don't I know every race fan, every time they walk into a bar that's got one of those Miller Indianapolis Motor Speedway neons, they're like, ooh, I'd like to get my hands on one of those. And if you meet somebody that's got one, you're always impressed.
2: Well it, when I was in the beer business, I'd always get some hillbilly that would come up to me and say, "Ah,
3: they look good in my home bar. <laughs>
2: why would I want to put it in your home bar? There's like two guys that drink beer there. I need it someplace that has more eyeballs.
1: (laughs) Well, I could show you the receipts of of an Aaron Ewert that would show you that he probably earned himself a Bush Light. uh, That's always possible. Yeah. There's a a handful of people that probably probably deserve it. Yeah. All right. Well, we wish you well. Thank you. uh, I'm
2: excited about this.
1: So currently available in a, how many how many locations right now versus what we're we're
2: scaling up to? Yeah, so it's always going to be available on draft and package when we have it from both two toms locations. Uh, to and where forget, are
4: those locations?
2: Uh, there's the one in Fort Wayne, and I forget the name of the road. It's on the northwest side. The other one is on 96th Street in Indianapolis. Indianapolis Fisher's, mm-hmm. Indianapolis Fishers right Line. near I
4: 69. Yep, mm-hmm. uh, we've got so a- this. Is
2: the I 69 beer? It kind of is. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. so that they. I've said that at least initially. Anderson and Marion, they're coming your way. (laughs) It will mostly be available within about 30 miles of I-69 between Indianapolis and Fort Wayne. Although I did see that we are in Mishawaka at a place. Uh, There's a bunch of places in Lawrence just because I live there. So everybody I know, like here, pick this thing up. Um, We will be in uh, Total Wine and More on this next round once we have supply. But I'm a little worried that a a few of these big places that go, go through a lot of product. We don't have enough to supply them at the moment, so that's coming as we as we gear up. Going to so. have
1: to get this on
0: down at our uh, our Elks Club, Dakota. Have yeah, to have uh, a
2: conversation with the powers that be. I know we've
0: we
1: got a lot of Guardian on tap down there, but
0: yeah, I would just be happy with bringing some hands down to the noble wine and spirits in Newcastle. We could make that
2: happen, I'm sure. Now. I've got it in the VFW there in Lawrence, but that is purely selfish because on Wednesdays they have every beer for two dollars. <laughs> so I will go in and support them every Wednesday. And say, hey, thanks for carrying our beer.
1: <laughs> the, I'm a Friday night elk when I'm not camping. Yep. Um that's the that's the go to.
2: All right. So your your driver. Tell us about your driver today, Brad. So uh I was coming out here and my driver see he said he'd chauffeur me, former state senator. Actually, on uh, two different occasions, he was my state senator based on redistricting and me moving and him him moving. Um, but Jim Merritt was a state senator from 1990 to 2000, I believe. 20 2000, Or 2020. 2020, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Like, I've noticed the older I get, I drop decades, and I'm not yeah, even <laughs> So I, I totally understand. <laughs> so, yeah, but 30-year career in the uh, Indiana mm-hmm. Senate and – now is launching a bid for governor of the fine state of Indiana. And, and he's right also on my show. He is my chauffeur. So, uh, actually Jim has been a good friend of mine for quite some time and tell him how, how we really kind of got to know each other. Well, we first met because. When I was running the Indiana Licensed Beverage Association, we cut a check to the Indiana Senate Campaign Committee, and it was a nice check. It was like two or three grand. Yeah. And we'd handed that thing off and it was gone. And like ten days later, I get uh what did you refer? An unhoused individual <laughs> showed up at my office. And I'm like, This is odd. This guy's gonna hit me up for money. I don't know how I'm gonna do this. And he goes, uh, yeah, I I don't know exactly what to say or, or how to do this, but he goes, um, I found something on the street that I think belongs to you. What would you have found that belongs to me? <laughs> and he pulls out this check for... Th- Three grand <laughs> made out to the Indiana Senate Republican caucus. They just
0: threw it right in the trash can. Apparently, yeah. like,
1: apparently,
2: re- apparently
0: Republicans require checks with more commas. So I said, I bet this guy would serve yingling illegally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So then I, t- I started chasing down the chain of
2: custody because we gave it to, um, who was the uh, old sheriff from Angola? Real big guy. Um, you know who I'm talking about, state senator. Um, oh, Meeks. Yeah, yeah. Bob Meeks. So we gave it to Bob Meeks, and Bob said, well, I gave it to Jim Merritt. He was supposed to turn it into somebody, so that led me to Jim. So then I called Jim. I'm like, Jim, you're my state senator. I've been meaning to call you. I need to get to know you, but I go, I've got to check that my understanding is you had possession of it one time, and now I've got it again. Now an unhoused individual has given it to yes, me. Yes, now an unhoused individual. So I actually gave the guy twenty bucks. I'm like, thank you very much for giving this back. You could have just thrown it away or done something else. With well,
4: that'll it. cover the gas coming out here.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't give you twenty bucks. I gave it to the unhoused individual.
4: Well, that's why I'm reimbursing you?
1: <laughs> so I listened. I listened to Rob Kendall's show this week and.
4: He's not a big happy, he's not very happy about gas money. So no, he's, he's not. He's he's a, he's a grumpy pants when it comes to paying for roads. Yeah, he uh, yeah. We have an honest disagreement. I, I consider it user fees. <laughs> Same, but yep. I full uh,
1: full disclosure. I you know I build roads for a living, so yeah. I, I'm
0: a big fan of pavement. Jeremiah has a conflict of interest in yeah. this department. Well, I'm the I'm the libertarian who likes stop signs and paved roads. Yeah,
2: <laughs> 3m right, <laughs> and I don't like paying tolls. I'm kind of with you on this.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, They're uh, are all user fees. And so that was the, that was the initial, uh, Klopp and Jim, uh, meeting, really. We've, we, we'd met before, but it, it was a great run for 30 years and I, I enjoyed it. I had some pretty good success with different pieces of legislation and, and, uh, but you just don't shake, uh, your love of public policy and public service overnight. And I retired in 2020 and, um, I'm still not done with it, and I, I like uh, th- thinking in big rooms. I like uh, trying to uh, solve big problems, and I see it. I see we have a lot of those in state government, and so I write op eds, and I'm on with Rob, and we're starting a new podcast called Merit in the Morning, and uh, and Opsbrow is going to be the sponsor. I've
2: been meaning to talk to you about this name. Where does Klopfenstein? <laughs> it doesn't. Oh,
4: all right. <laughs> a, okay. Smart man. This is how he was a safe <laughs> senator for thirty years.
1: Listen, you had your shot at a governors and lieutenant governors race. It's the next generation's turn, Brad. Yeah.
4: It is. Sixty three year old Jim Merritt, next
2: generation. <laughs> how many vote, how many votes did you get when you ran for mayor? Uh not enough. No, 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 no! I'm just trying to think if if me on a statewide ticket got more raw votes than you did running for mayor. That's very it good. Might be close. That, that, that,
4: that's probably a very good possibility. I did not have a good day that day.
2: No, sorry about that. I voted for you. Yeah, thank you. I couldn't.
4: Yeah,
0: lived in Spiceland.
4: Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a lot of things that Dakota, with being a Duke, I got a lot of interest in nuclear power being reliable, and and we need really. Since there's such an assault on coal, um, we're not going to power things by candlelight. And, uh, and nuclear power is safe and reliable and and green. And it's next. It's the next generation of, of power. And I, I, I I'm interested in those issues that that um, take a lot of lot of um, brain power and a lot of money. And and in uh, solving those issues are I think something that we need to continue to think about and solve. Believe it or not,
1: energy policy is the third rail of Henry County politics. Is it really? It, is. It, is. Yeah. Uh, it has completely upended and changed our county government and every single county elected
4: official
2: over an eight year period. Is this because of wind power? Because of wind yes. power. And that, of wind solar. Peaking, peaking I have a, yeah. a wind, construct I have a consulting company.
4: I have a consulting company. It's called JWM Consulting. If I could rename it. I'd n- rename it Third Rail Politics Consulting because I enjoy those issues because uh, they're hard to solve, but uh, when you do, uh, you've accomplished something, and I like that. And so it, it, I, I know Henry County, and there are other counties around the state that have really tussled with who owns the land and and, and who doesn't, who gets paid and who doesn't, and uh, it's a big issue. That's it, over the course of
1: the five and a half, six years that this show has existed, I would say half of our time has been spent talking about how to handle living together.
0: Goodness. Well, there's a very good with, reason with, that there's a windmill in the uh, logo. <laughs> yeah, if you look at the logo, there's we've there's talked a, little a lot about wind energy on this show.
1: Um, mm-hmm. And it, it, it's it's rezoning, it's it's finding ways for agriculture mm-hmm. and larger population centers, and yeah. realizing that you know larger communities are going to grow out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finding ways to to make zoning work, mm-hmm. and and to figure out how when we plug something into the wall that it
4: still works, right? And you know Jeremiah, the, the interesting part about um, wind turbines is that you know the 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 people who are invent- environmentally sound that really believe in anti coal and everything, well, wind turbines themselves are it cannot be they can't
0: be. They don't grow out of the ground. They are manufactured some way.
4: Well, yeah, and they can't be reused. There's right. no recycling of those, yeah. and and they have to go to the landfill.
2: I, I'm sure there's some stoner out there trying to make those things out of hemp, and then they're going to brag about
4: it. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: I guarantee it. Yeah, yeah. so there's environmentally exactly right. sound over here,
4: but on over here, they're not. They're not. You can't recycle them.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so we have we do have a couple of large solar installations that have happened here in the community. We now have a solar moratorium. Uh, if you go to the northeastern part of the county, right in Summit Lake, you can see a number of uh, of wind farms that are uh, that are over in Randolph, Randolph county. county. So you, you can just peek over and, and they're there. Uh, and we have one high school that has about a two thirds size scale single windmill that's up. But yeah, it's a talking about energy policy
2: that is that hits very much close to home with the with the listening audience. Yeah, uh, and, yeah. Uh, the, I I will say Indiana has some of the best farm ground in the world. I have a personal problem taking ground out of agricultural production to put solar panels. I mean, wind at least the turbines are kind of above the the crops. But yeah, when you have fourteen hundred acres I, or something or, or my, more, my
0: bro- I was kind my, of uh, my brother
3: would be mad for the insistence. My brother maintains solar. Farms. <laughs> but I, I they should go on and, tops of buildings and, and, and he would lots. and he would say that. Um, that the that farmers also will not lease or sell them good farmland for solar yeah. parks. He yeah. said a lot of them um, he has to drive like right now he, he drives a three quarter ton four wheel drive with decent tires on it because a lot of the land like there's there's one over by Mount, I think it's kind of near Mount State Park and it's a mud hole when it's mm-hmm. and so He's like, we don't get good land. We get crappy land that they don't want to deal with getting their tractors stuck in, so they lease it to us and we put a solar farm on it. So yeah, yeah, like yeah, it's one of those things where it's not um It's more nuanced. It's it's nuanced, but yeah, there's not there's not a lot of I don't think there's too many farmers that are taking like, oh, this is a prime field I can make money on farming and turning into a solar farm. But it's a lot of here's some here's the crappy corner of a field, I'm gonna put I'll see if I can get a solar farm put there. And in what he does, all of his are attached to municipalities who are then directly getting the power, which is also nice. That was one of the weird things that people didn't like about the solar thing or the wind farms here was we had no idea where the electricity was going to go. It wasn't going to Newcastle. It wasn't going to Henry County. It was going to go to Ohio or something, but or or, uh, Illinois. But yeah, so some of those are. But some of them, yeah, my brother's like, you should see the land I have to
0: deal with. And I was like, I was pretty stuck. windmill agnostic during the whole debate. And then we had a good friend of the show, uh, Betsy Mills, and she, she was running for a state representative. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was also on the Henry County Council. And she brought up a really good point that if we want to expand the community and bring more people here, bring more housing here, then we need to have land that is readily developed for housing communities for potential job growth and stuff. And this is, there's not a lot of very sparse land in Henry County already. And we were already going to be one of the most populated areas in the state with wind farms. So it was like, okay, maybe this area in particular, isn't the best fit, mm-hmm. but that's not to say that we take wind out of the equation for generating electricity long-term Totally. But you just have to be more smart about y- it. Y- you can power, and you know
4: this, power right. probably southern Indiana if you put a small modular reactor in in a place like, um, oh, crane. And it's not a naval base, crane. And, uh, or you could you could place it somewhere on the eastern side of Indiana and and power the whole s- – I mean, it, it's just amazing yeah, how much yeah. power that is there. Purdue, and you uh, could bury them. I mean, it's in their safe
1: and uh, – Drop it between Versailles and uh, and Madison in the uh, in the hunting ground, the old army munitions base. Oh, yeah, Proving what, The yeah. yeah. Jefferson yeah. Jeff.
4: yeah. proving, Jeff. yeah. so proving Grounds. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, the, the smaller, so like you said, the smaller reactors, um, I think that Purdue University is going to be uh, doing something where they're going to be phasing out a coal plant and putting in a small nuclear facility there. Mm-hmm. That'll be really interesting. To see, uh, everything that they're able to do, the things that they're able to show the public in general about. That'd be a that, wonderful that's the problem, public service, yeah. right? That yeah. especially, you know, it yeah. uh, Well, the movie people.
4: and, you know, all the different incidences, which are two or three that have, um, people don't think they're safe and they are. Right. And, uh, the nice part about it, that a small nuke could be made at, um, down in, um, just west of Evansville. It, there's a maker down there. There's a builder down there and, and, uh, uh Babcock and Wilcox. And, uh, and so, you know, this is prime, prime, uh, time for us to look at the future because coal plants are going to become unused and they're going to be, um, they're a perfect place to, to put a small modular reactor. Legislature, uh, did pass a bill last year that, um, uh, gave a push to that, and I and I and I think you're going to see more and more from state government.
1: You do have I and I, I didn't anticipate us spending the night talking about nukes, but here we are, drinking Alps Brown, <laughs> talking nuclear power. Mm-hmm.
2: The more uh, we, Alps well, <laughs> you, you have, the more you start
1: talking crazy. <laughs> I I think we do have one relatively close to the state, up in Monroe, Michigan, yeah. right on right on Lake Erie. There's uh, there's already a nuclear uh, plant. Lake Michigan,
4: yeah. Uh, the it, Cook, okay, Cook plant, and and that actually. Uh, I'm sorry, we're getting into this, but that actually powers most of North, it, Fort Wayne, and most of Northwest Indiana and, uh, excuse me, Northeast Indiana. And uh, uh, you can see the the power lines for nuclear power plants are are much different than just the regular elect, uh, electric lines. And, uh, Do they glow? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, most of Fort Wayne is powered by nuclear power. From the
0: cook plant. Alps-Brown, powered by nuclear. <laughs> <laughs>
1: nice. Nukes in a 12-ounce can. So,
0: we're talking about this because you served a lot of time on the utilities committee. Yeah, I chaired the utility committee for uh, probably
4: 15, 20, a long, long time. And uh, I was always looking for the 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 idea of how we can, you know, it, because there was so much push against coal and, and Indiana needed coal so much, that, um, I invested a great deal of time in, in nuclear power. And the nice part about these small nukes is that they don't need the water supply. Cook, Cook is on Lake Michigan. Because and, it needs the cooling. Yeah. And uh, these small modular reactors don't need that. Very
1: interesting. So what other issues were your, your targets or your, your wheelhouse issues when you served in the state Senate?
4: Well, I, I wrote the safe haven law, which you can drop your baby off at a hospital. And, and you've seen probably on Facebook, they've, they've really turned that into a great thing where they have the special boxes at a hospital. Got one just down the road here at our firehouse. Right. That all started uh, at uh, Community North Hospital where baby Ephraim was left uh, about six feet away from the emergency room and froze to death. And that's, And I wrote the bill from that. And, uh, uh, you probably know the lifeline law where we, if you're, if you're under 21, you're at a social event, somebody's overserved, you call or text nine one more like text nine one one. And we have texts on 92 counties now. And, uh, you, um, you stay and cooperate and you have immunity. And this last session, I tried to push the legislation that allows immunity for the person needed medical attention, because if you're a situation where I don't want to, my let's just let my body uh sleep it off and then he my, you don't
1: co- you don't wake up
4: you don't wake up and so um i wasn't successful this year but we'll continue to work on that uh those two pieces of legislation and i led the effort in 2017 writing 24 bills of which 17 became law uh regarding um uh addiction and, and recognizing uh naloxone and having it uh, available over the counter and so um I spent a lot of time on common sense issues that uh are kind of counterintuitive because it, you know drop my baby off without the adoption and all that but we want to save the life of the baby. You can figure uh, the rest out later. Yeah, exactly. If somebody's been drinking and we're not going to arrest them uh, with the li- with the lifeline law and and so um I tackled big issues and and uh and I really enjoyed my 30 years and and a lot changed in those thirty years in the state of Indiana for the good. Now um, I've put a lot of attention on just talking about issues like uh, the governor uh, last summer talked about uh, that we have uh, we 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 don't have the people the Manning tables in state government we're we're cut to the bone, and uh, and so they had a jobs fair. Um, last summer in 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 the state house in maybe even the state office building, what I would have done and i I would have had a lean six sigma program, and I would have said, you know we have forty nine agencies that are cabinet officials let 's try to work this out where we share employees that we make lemonade out of this lemon and and try to make it um, and, and and cut government make be more proficient, more um, efficient." I'm really interested in, in an overhaul of the Department of Correction. We're building a, a prison up in up in uh, Northwest Indiana. Uh, we're rebuilding Westville uh, Correctional Facility. Uh, and, and, and when all that money was sloshing around from the federal government, the the legislature had a budget in 2021 where they they funded 400 400 million dollars to rebuild this prison. Now it's up to 1.2 billion. And I have not, and I've been paying attention it's all about warehousing human beings there's nothing about transitional health care there's nothing about uh having um, a reentry mental health and uh I, I'm, I'm concerned i I feel like being outside the Senate, I can look at these issues in a common sense way and and uh and and uh, I'm really enjoying kind of looking back and, and, and looking forward to see how I can help with my experience and uh, make things better here. So that's another issue
1: that Dakota and I have been talking about for four years on this show yeah. is that we just built a new community jail facility.
4: There were 18 under construction state of Indiana at one point. And
1: Sheriff John Sprouls was on this show four weeks ago and he said, guys, it's already full. We had the ribbon cutting last year and we've already filled this, filled this and, jail. And
3: we had the, for the primary, we had this, the, uh, prosecutors and like they behaved or to kind of talked as if there was space in this jail to even be more aggressive. And then all of a sudden the sheriff's department guys come in. They're like, it's full. It's and they, we're done. They were talking
0: about like, and we were like, are you just becoming way more aggressive than who you're arresting? And they're like, no, it's just bringing people who were housed in other facilities. We were paying the state or we were paying other counties to house these people in their jails. And, Then uh, or we had outstanding warrants that we decided to, Okay, we have more room in our jail. We're going to start bringing more people in that have warrants. And And it wasn't even that the policing got more aggressive. The
1: theme that we heard during the process where we raised our taxes to pay for the new jail uh, and where we were increasing our headcount was, hey, we've got all these level six felons that the state said, hey, they have to come back and stay at the county. Yep. Uh, so we filled our jail with them. We had to pay to put them on the outside. This community had some federal lawsuits where some people got hurt. So then the gov- the, the feds came in and said, you're going to figure it out. You're going to build a new facility or else we're going to take over.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm sure it's a story that's repeated across many of the 92 counties. But you're telling me, hey, we've got overcrowding at the state facilities. We've got county jails that are brand new that we just literally have. The pavement is just dry in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. And now they're, we're busting at the seams. There, it sounds like there's more than just a "hey, we need to warehouse people" problem. We've got we got to stop arresting people, or we have got to change the culture. Yeah,
4: we got to change the culture. And uh, I, I, I wonder, uh, this Brols, I wonder if he has a good relationship with the Department of Correction. Uh, you know, there, there are a lot of things that come to mind when we're talking about this. It's a it's a really good uh, topic to talk about because the more we prepare inmates for the outside they're paying their debt to society so we're 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 tough on crime but once they if they can have some sort of um if they're in good health when they get out if they have something to to go get a job with down in madison near uh clifty falls uh grody is a big part grody corporation is a big part of the women's prison there and and so there's got to be continual um remaking and I think uh Department of Correction for the next governor has to be a place where it is con- just completely overhauled and
2: and uh things have changed. Jim, let me ask you. So mental health and mental mental health treatment, a number of the people that are in the jails are they're not as much criminals as they are. There is some sort of a mental health problem. I, I hear this from my wife in the schools and even the schools are wrestling with this to where There's a lot of kids that need help and treatment that are beyond what their parents can do. And then those kids, they get shuffled through the system. Next thing you know, they're out on the street and then they get arrested for something. And jails are there to incarcerate people and punish and hopefully rehabilitate. But there seems to be a lack of treatment for those that are really mentally ill. It seems like there's at least some discussion about that. Is the state ever going to come around to realizing that you've got criminals and you've got people that have mental health issues and we need to treat those differently.
4: Well, before Dakota, before you came along, uh, we had all these hospitals right
2: here, Newcastle, in,
4: in, in yeah. Newcastle and, and uh, just a variety of places around the state. And then the federal government started pushing down on us. Evan by was governor at the time. And we started closing all these hospitals. Well, DOC Department of Correction is the new mental hospital. I and mean, Klopp you had Brad you had it exactly right that uh we've got some real situations here and um in jails uh I I always look at that kind of a pass through on your way if it's if, you know that maybe you're held there and uh, it, it when you really get down to it uh, law enforcement and 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 how we arrest people and how they go through the system and and possibly pay their debt to society um it, it, it this sounds boring but it's all about data and and um like for instance in Marion County i think that jail that we just built is probably full and they're having a hard time uh with labor and and manning and, and administering the the uh the jail itself and um a lot of times in Marion County, I don't know about Newcastle, but uh, a lot of times in Marion County, it's just a number. It's not a person. It's just an email where you just check the box and, and, and there's so much crime and the level six is a problem. Then you put your thumb on it. But uh, a lot of times, uh, the, the person who's been arrested doesn't even have a face to face with a judge. And, and, and and we've got some real problems on judging what is crime and what is not. And, uh, we want people to be safe and we all can be uh, tough on crime. We just have to be smart on crime and you gotta, you gotta work with data and, 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 and we'll be a lot safer if some smart people get a hold of the system. Detective Pierce was saying, what, 80% of the people in our jail
3: are on the front end of
1: yeah. seeing a trial? And then, and then, they're, they're they're not yeah. even through the system yet. Yeah. Right, We're just that
3: far backed up. Yeah. Then the mental health part came up um, for our local city government. and in the, the, We're talking about the county as well because I believe in Delaware County, they just announced a partnership with IU Health, I think, for a crisis center. Um, where people could go in, I think they could stay for like it was like forty-seven and a half hours, and then they could walk out, turn around, and go right back in. Mm-hmm. But but it was to give them some place to kind of get triage intake. And they mentioned during that, um, I'm not sure if it's every day that like Sproul's they the local sheriff's department at times will run four to five transports a day trying to get people to mental health facilities where there's space because and it's usually not anywhere nearby. It could be the other side of the state. And like, if we could just have a local place and, and Newcastle is a unique thing. We had a state hospital and they tore it down and they built the prison where the state hospital was. We literally bingo, bingo, bingo. a mental health facility yeah. for a state ho- for a state prison. Yeah. Um, but
4: well, when we understand much more about, yeah. about mental and, you know, um, when, uh, David, uh, Dakota, when we were growing up, the the song was the white coats are coming to get us, aha, aha. <laughs> and it's completely different. And, and, you know, mental health is health. And what people like myself are trying to do is, you know, a broken brain is just like a broken arm. And, uh, it, we've got a mainstream healthcare in, in, including what we call regular health and mental health. It's very important. And, uh, in, in, in um, uh, Stark County, which is right in Northwest Indiana. They, uh, the, the sheriff understands mental health issues so well that he houses, he jails, uh, uh the worst of the worst. And, and I, that's a terrible term, but extreme mental health problems with inmates and in, instead of in Westville. And so it, it, it's, um, it's a problem for the ages and we just have to make sure people, uh, Pay their debt to society, but do everything we can to make them productive when they have finished their sentence and that they um, that that will make us all safe, including that person. You've also, Jim, been one of the early adopting Republicans
1: to being open to some cannabis reform in India. Yes, sir.
4: I I do. And, uh, you know, the idea of um, running a bill and I'm, I'm glad they did it. They had the hearing on uh, decrim with a small possession possession uh, that's all fine and everything but um, being in a farming community and, and uh, it, hemp has such a big future in in construction materials in in um in cbd oil and in in, in in the medical end, but also um automobiles in which newcastle right here and uh, there's a company named flexform up in up in Elcart that they they Im, they import jute um, which is a, a rope, elite, huh? A rope, a rope, yeah. that kind of material from Bangladesh and France, uh, because they can't get enough hemp. And, uh, and so, you know, hemp in World War II, they built ladders, they had clothing, they had all sorts of things made out of hemp. And uh, uh, I, I believe that the state of Indiana ought to have a commission so they can look at the whole situation. And, and then we can have standards and we can start off this product. You talk about you talk about alcohol regulation. Uh, we all learn from that. And it ought to be much more straight line. And and uh I it can be good for the state of Indiana. And I'm I'm so I I I don't want people to think, well merit's for cannabis and uh we're gonna have somebody hotbox out in the front in the parking lot and they're gonna come in and, and they're gonna be smelly. Uh, in a restaurant sitting right next to me. It's not about that. Our current governor
1: was the first guy in line to buy Sunday beer. Yeah. Do you not think he'd be the first guy in line to buy weed at the cannabis (laughs) shop? We haven't seen him
4: buy Delta eight yet. (laughs) Well, we don't know. (laughs) We don't know. And, uh, but it has to be a a hell of a photo op. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Without the mask on getting a pizza. Yeah. He's had yeah, yeah. several pop. Po- po- yes, perfect. Yeah. But you know, there's a heck of a future in front of he us could go to Brown County, but Zach and I couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say
3: that was at, he was at the hobnob down in Brown County, staying at this, his house there that I couldn't go camp in.
4: Yeah. Yeah. But we you know, it. It has a heck of a future here. We just get to got to have our hands around the whole thing so that people are safe and people understand that, that, uh, What's right and what's wrong. And, you know, it's here. I was in Los Angeles last week.
1: They're mostly a functional society. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 80%.
2: 80%. Um, Maybe LA is not the best. I I
4: rented a car in LA uh, last year and it smelled badly. Somebody had just gotten out of it. (laughs) Well, they're not
1: smoking. Michigan is probably a better example. It's in tic tacs. It's in... Oh, gummies. It's, gummies. Oh, it's, it's in, oh, it's in everything. They're, they're yeah. not smoking. Very I, few are actually I smoking I don't know anything. why
2: anybody would smoke it anymore.
1: I don't either. Nostalgia, just like... like I mean, yeah, maybe like with Alps your brow. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs>
4: maybe um, we can have... In the have, 60s. Yeah. Maybe we can have Cannabis beer.
3: <laughs> I mean, one, one thing I've, I've mentioned, <laughs> I mentioned on the show before is, yeah, the smoking part I don't get because it smells you can smell it it's like ditch weed. I, I run in the mornings and i can tell who's a that, and baker is
1: how many miles <laughs> no, how many continuous days how many continuous days of running a mile are you at now oh i have to look <laughs> he's I
3: mean, a whole mile but it's it's well no i've i've done like i don't know i did i think 1200 last i'm on day 419 in a row 419 mm-hmm. days of at least one mile of running and most of those are like two to whatever five seven mm-hmm. Something. Mm-hmm. yeah but yeah it's it's I do, I do question the people that like are trying to be covert and smoke it because it carries like nobody's business. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. So it's I mean, it's here already.
4: Well, wouldn't you agree that it's here? Oh, oh let's, yeah, let's, absolutely. Let's, here. let's
3: regulate it so we know what yeah. people are consuming. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. When we had the sheriff's candidates in here to like and you'd have to have like a backpack of it for us to even care. Like they don't even care. Like they've got better things to do. Yeah. And what we just need to know it. what's in it. Yeah, and, and, and outlaw
4: what's the bad part because don't, there's a lot of
3: bad pot out there don't drive just, d- don't go driving around I mean, we, we just can't get crazy can with the regulation Dakota feels the
1: same way about heroin honestly yeah. he just wants safe rare and legal heroin you know <laughs> clear labels
0: <laughs> <laughs> jokes everybody <He's> telling jokes <laughs> just jokes
2: uh,
0: but I'm, reasonable am regu-
4: re- re- reasonable regulation yeah because
0: you got mm-hmm. places like Illinois and uh there's other st- and also Colorado um, that have taxed the crap out of it, and oh yeah, 100%. people percent people are buying from the black market. Yeah. Still, more we got a buddy who the knows the sources. first
4: the first ramp off of uh, I seventy when you're going over to Illinois.
2: <laughs> is, he for, is he running for mayor? Yeah,
4: <laughs> I
1: I don't know how I couldn't place a bet on the Super Bowl in California, but I could in Indiana, but you can't buy it. But you can't buy any sort of a cannabis product. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's I, upside down. How in the hell Indiana got on front at, at the front of the gambling online gambling, the online gambling game is we is, is a real testament to the power of persuasion uh, with certain folks in the General Assembly.
4: Well, and you know who was influencing me. <laughs> Hammer Nigel <laughs>
2: specifically. That's true. Hammer.
4: There, and, there's uh, a
0: there's he educated a st- me on it. Strong history in the state of Indiana with gambling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, at the riverboat casinos.
4: Yeah, that's true. Uh, and and th- it,
0: the technology is incredible. That you can only
4: you have to be here. And uh, I, I have sat in the Cracker
1: Barrel in Richmond, Indiana, on U.S. 40, and had to hold my phone just perfectly so that I'm not in Ohio they got the Indiana Tower. <laughs> to, to be able to get the Indiana Tower to be okay oh, that, to, to make my bets. So.
2: It's funny. I learned a while back, I am not a good gambler, but I also learned it's good to be the house. So I have invested in <laughs> Churchill Downs and it's done very well. Yeah.
4: You know, I, I, um, I'm I a conservative person, so it's probably surprising to, me, to people that I, I do support the regulation of cannabis, but I was on that committee and I was all in. Because it's happening around us, and and it's here, and we might as well get our piece, piece of the pie,
3: financial pie. And you worry about stuff what's in it. Usually, when it becomes legal, then there's some kind of chain of whatever, and it inherently will be safer if there's like these people are growing it. There's some level of. Light supervision, or whatever, and that's going to market. And they're legally attached to it. They're selling a product. They're not going to lace a product that they're slapping their label on. Well, but right. yeah. Joe who's selling it but, behind the gas station, right, doesn't care. Yeah, I have a friend who just lost his son. Yeah. He thought he's buying Xanax, and he bought. Fentanyl, and yeah, diet. and so like yeah. It, yeah, so it would inherently become more safe as it is a legal entity as opposed to like a black market product.
2: Bad business so. to kill your customers. Well,
3: yeah, so, you look at yeah. best practices from other states, and there are a lot,
1: there are some states that have done it well. There aren't a lot of states that make a practice of arresting their tourists, but no, we are no, here no. on I seventy constantly. <laughs> Jim, we, we, yeah. Somebody's passing from Oregon to New York State along I seventy, just a just a fine tourist. The next thing <laughs> you know, they're. All the contents of their pockets are on the dashboard of their car.
0: Well, Jim, I heard the governor say that he was uh, waiting to see a state that did it right so we could learn from them, and he hasn't seen a state that, that's, that's done just, it right yet. That's just an excuse. Yeah. yeah, He's waiting for the federal government to legalize it.
1: So, And then we first in line for the photo op.
0: Yeah. So we've talked about, so far, things you've enjoyed working on and the things <laughs> that you're proud that you got passed through. Are there any things that you wish you had gotten past or do you have any regrets from the time that you spent in the state Senate?
4: Well, I think, I think about the only regret that I had uh, when I was in the state Senate is I didn't, I didn't work statewide enough. And uh, uh, this idea of running for governor has always been in my bailiwick and there has always been a line with, you know, obviously Mitch Daniels, who was a terrific governor and Mike Pence had a national following, when and, and so it was always jammed at the at the top uh but uh i um i i didn't I don't really have any regrets. I spent sixteen years as the caucus chairman, and uh uh that's elected by your caucus, so right next to pro tem it's the second in charge and and uh I don't have a whole lot of regrets you know what one thing that i really really enjoyed was um constituent service. And when I would get an angry email, I would have I would print it and then I'd go see that person, and, and that was probably the most fun I had
0: as a state senator because you know I was going to say we've heard that story before. Tom Saunders is uh, our District Fifty Four State Representative who's retired now, but he he told that same exact story where yeah. he would get an angry letter or an angry email, and he would go, "Well, I just we'll
4: go see let's us. just go knock on right the door down the road." Yeah, yeah. People don't think that we you know, we invest it, invest our time in the detail. And, and, uh, I, I had 23 bad emails and they're all the same written. And, uh, I printed them off and over three or four weeks, I stopped on my way home from work and, and saw the people, it was an environmental issue, but, uh, I, you know, the, the issues that kind of got out of hand, um, uh, they're, just very, very few, and
0: I, I don't ever dwell on the negative part. So what you're saying is to get Greg Pence on the show, I need to just send him a really nasty email <laughs> <laughs> and have the return address this address. Not too nasty. Dakota, State Police Dakota, yeah, <laughs> Dakota
4: let me just ask, is that just checking the box? Or is,
0: is there something about Greg Pence that we really want to know? I just want to talk to him. I'd okay. like to know what he sounds like. Want to like. know that he's a real person. I want to know what his voice sounds like. I was I
1: I was on a first name basis with David McIntosh. I was on a first name basis with Mike Pence. I was I I was I met with Luke Messer in Washington D.C. multiple times. I have never been in the same room with my congressman. I'm I'm not what's changed.
3: No, I'm we've, easy to beat. We we find out he's been in town in the paper <laughs> on the pictures the next day and that's how that's yeah. I've never actually heard and, his
0: unless voice. Unless you're going like to you're a GLP
1: luncheon? Yeah, that's the only time you see Not going to see the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we appreciate having this the FaceTime with you. Well, I'm going to be back ah, so quickly. This is this is awesome. All right, so our pet issue here uh, and it's because we have Dakota and I have been involved in a number of local elections over the years. Uh in rural communities, it is pure hell to recruit candidates in a community where you have straight-ticket voting. We had one countywide Democrat on the ballot, at all. In Indianapolis, I know you're very familiar with the fact that it, it, swings, it swings the other way uh, in, in communities. And it makes it difficult for people to actually run, to raise the money, to look people in the eye and say, Hey, I want to run for office. So... Two things we talked about after once again what happened in our local election last year: Do we need to have straight ticket voting in Indiana at all? We're one of about six states that still do, or do we need to have party labels on anything below a state house seat? Do we actually need to say, you know what, this this candidate for uh, surveyor or this candidate for sheriff or this candidate for county commissioner, county auditor, does it matter if they're Democrat or Republican, or do we just say, hey? Run who runs and we'll see what happens.
4: Yeah, I served as county chairman of Marion County for a couple of years. And so I learned a lot and I was sued um, by the Democrats and for early voting. And, and I always felt like you, you could get it done with one day and uh, it, with technology coming on and it, it, it's safer these days. Uh, but I still would love to have Election Day on Election Day and not for a month or two, but uh, the straight ticket voting is, is something I, I, I would be very supportive of, of uh, changing that. I, I, but, but when you talk about the labeling, uh, I live in Hamilton County now and uh, in our school board race, two conservatives, knocked them each, each other out. And I yeah. think uh, you probably disagree with this, but I think we ought to go back to the days where, the Republican, Democrat, and the Libertarian, or whoever put their opponent, their, put their candidates up in the May primary, and then they fight it out in the, in the general. Uh, and the reason why is because I think we know our candidates better. I think it, it, um, it gives us, it, it gives us a reason to get to the polls, and, um, and you're not canceling each other out for,
1: the, for a liberal. The challenge you have in that case, though, is that if you're in a community like, uh, current Senator Braun, his his family came from a predominantly Democrat community. We're in a predominantly Republican party, party area here. So if I wanted to get elected to anything, even though I'm at my heart and I'm a dues-paying Libertarian member for over 10 years, if I want to win an election or if I want to have an influence in election, I either need to vote in the primary or I need to run as a candidate in that party, whether or not I agree with them or not, because there is literally no chance anybody other than those folks that are picked in May are going to be on the ballot. And, and the, and the problem is, is that you will have very, very high level, well-researched, well-prepared people that'll run in, in one of the minority parties. And by the way, uh, Don Rainwater pulled more votes than, than Woody Myers did in Henry County in in the governor's race. Right. Mm -hmm. So one of the minor parties, they are not going to have any fighting chance in the world of beating the Republican
4: in rural Indiana, right, and you know I really thought that the libertarian Party was going to do better this last twenty twenty two election with the statewides. I don't know why they why they didn't perform well um maybe the bar is way too high for libertarians, and we need to lower it um but the reason why I mentioned school board is because if there's a vacancy on the school board, then they say fix the it, yes. And I find that to be difficult. Do you know
1: know what happens if you're a minority party candidate and your person leaves Mm -mm. the county commissioners choose, (laughs) not the county chairman,
4: (laughs) the county commissioners will make the appointment for you. Believe me, I've had many discussions with Mark (laughs) Rutherford as well as Brad. And, uh, uh, you know, it would be a great, it would be a great addition to the political scene if the libertarian party was stronger.
1: Yeah, it's, I, and I'm I'm not advocating just for the Libertarians. I'm advocating for, I once again, Greens. This, this... Well, no, <laughs> hell, I'm advocating for the Democrats in, in this community. But we've had so many people come through over the history of the show where we have a primary series and we have a fall series. So we've covered the last... We cover municipal and others. So we've had five cycles now. And you can just see it happening every time. And then what happened? And then people get cagey enough where the top-level Republicans... Like Greg Pence or like our current state senator, state representative, who has not yet made an appearance, even though we've talked, they hide. They won't come. They won't interview for the job because they know the only thing that can happen is it can go wrong, and I'm not going to come talk to you. Yeah.
0: That's so right. it's, we're building a
1: system that, that we are building a system that has consequences. That's well, that's where you that's where it's on at. something.
2: I could point to at least three people that are elected officials in Hamilton County. That are Democrats through and through, but ran on the Republican ticket because they knew that was their this only the way elect. to elected office. Mm-hmm. So then, all of a sudden, that dilutes the Republican brand, as well as the Democrats are still getting elected.
0: Mm-hmm. You're a Hamilton County Republican on paper. That's right. all it is. But I, I, to play devil's advocate for a minute, I understand Jim's point because you the way so that, I'm the, devil. <laughs> the <yeah. laughs> well you're the one that spent 30 years in the state senate I, <laughs> lord yeah.
1: knows i tried guilty
0: the uh the way that i i understand what you're saying though in a in a more pure system the way that it would work is you go to the ballot box and you see republican or democrat and you know i align with republicans i'd know neither one of these people's names I'm a Republican, so I'll pick the republican that, it's I that see, trust that,
4: right and, 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 and that person probably has been vetted and that and that's your brand and, uh, and and as well as the fact that um, you know the school board is always kind of the poor stepchild and and uh, we need to do a better job because that's where all the decisions are being made, and people thinking that the legislature is going to do something about cRT or going to do something about one thing or another about schools, it has to happen at the school board level. Right. And, and uh, Good luck
2: legislating uh, something you can't it, define. Can you explain? Exactly. That's exactly right to go. <laughs> Can you explain Diego Morales? Mm, mm, I'd rather <laughs> no, not. I'm not, <laughs> not going to go
4: there. He's <laughs> has he been on the show?
1: Smart. <laughs> Diego was invited. Oh, was he? Okay.
3: I, I don't mind having a label. In Henry County, if you go vote, our machines, the first option is straight ticket. If you do not choose a straight ticket, you get an error screen telling you, "Hey, That's
4: you're, sk- you're skipping you something." This page. Big right. red X. I go no, back. I
3: have, in, and I don't mind either way. I'm kind of like, I go through the ballot, and it's Newcastle, small town, small community. I know people, so I will go by there. And if I don't, chances are I know who they are. If I don't know who they are, I might look at political affiliation. But they should at least be forced to go through the ballot and vote individual races as opposed to just blanketly. I mean, we had a guy who ran, and he. Flip, he openly just flipped the party to to have a chance to get on the ballot. Mm-hmm. And he had somebody tell me, he's like, no, I can't vote for you if you switch parties because I can't vote for anybody that has that letter behind their name. And they knew him, and they would have voted for him with a different letter behind That Literally, the only reason he lost a vote was because of the letter. And so I think that that level of partisanship is insanity. When you literally... For a city council race. For, yeah. Yeah. For a, in some cases. Or this case, he was, council this guy was running for a county office. And so... The that's it kind of plays in the level of partisanship. Where like, I've gone to every city council meeting that I could, except I think I missed like three in the last like four or five years. There's not any partisanship in what they're doing. Like, there's one. It used to be all Democrat locally because we used to, we were a big UAW town, or used to be. That's fading. Uh, now there's one Republican. If you went in and just sat to all the meetings, you couldn't figure out who the Republican and who the Democrat. Are. They're all worried about the same thing. They're worried about potholes. They're worried about railroad crossings that fall apart and the railroad can't come and fix them or, or the arms don't come down. We're dealing with that locally now. Dude, trash
0: our our, up, trash Demo- our yeah. Democrat mayor was quoted in a news article for saying he voted for Donald Trump. Really? Well, yeah. Uh huh. So I mean, well,
4: the issues you're talking about the countywide that's just yeah. a little different than porn in the classroom. You know, yeah. the issues are at the school board level right now. And, and yeah. there are a lot of parents that are upset. I'll make the trade. If you take the party
1: labels off city council and, and county, I will. Uh, we can have Republicans, and Democrats <laughs> for county for for school board. I will make that trade today <laughs> because I think our communities will be better off. We, well the talent be, pool Jeremy. of the people that are running these communities with twenty million dollar budgets vastly better if if we just take the labels. We, we off. had two.
3: We had two candidates came in here for a race. One of them came in with binders. Um, of information the other one was late because they lost their cat and he they were literally chosen at the last minute to fill a seat because the guy who is the incumbent was no longer coming back and that guy won and the person who had all the preparation all the information lost <laughs> and and it's it's school i like school board our, our school board's a lot of like former Ours isn't Republicans and Democrats It's educators versus jocks. That's our school board. I'll be honest. My, our school board is educators versus basketball versus We had a guy who got elected who didn't complete one form, didn't do one questionnaire, didn't show up to one thing, but Hey guys, varsity basketball player, Newcastle high school. And now he's an administrator in that same school system. So I really want that, that like, yeah. So how that goes school board, I can go talk to. I know every member of my school board. I don't care what their political affiliation is. I'll go talk to them. I'll go ask them. I run into them. My mom has coffee with one of them. So, but just the team part. I'm just. Kind do of you think team most team.
4: citizens dig that deep into a school board candidate? No, no, no.
3: But they, but, but it's a the most important. Do they? Position. Yeah, but like so. Do I want that person? I don't want that person. Just them picking a letter and saying that person is going to have it because there's lots of like t- tax abatements are a big things for schools because schools give up money when there's tax abatements and um, the school board has to vote for those. And so that's kind of a pseudo political thing, but some of that stuff like the CRT thing hasn't come up locally. That's not an issue for us. So to have a state issue turn into a, suddenly a local issue, um it makes it go difficult. ask them.
1: Yeah. Well, we do appreciate the listening tour you've built
4: today by coming to the yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> listening, listening to
1: Henry County's issues. Yeah, you know the thing our, is,
4: is our, this our, is our tales is, of a local community. The, Jeremiah, this is what I miss. I, I I really miss being out in communities. I was a congressional staffer, and I drove uh, Congressman Hillis everywhere, and it, I I just I miss the factory tours, and you know uh, I just I really like that part of politics. I do we uh we're probably getting to the point in the show where you need to find
1: out uh you start checking your phone see if there's been any developments uh but are, is there anything we've left off at hot topic issues that you want to make sure you cover
4: no i i when, uh i thank you very much for having us we this merit in the morning uh and that's what the title is <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm real excited about it because we're going to talk about common sense issues. And that's – you all, we have shared time tonight talk about common sense issues, and that's what people care about. And I think that's kind of left the, the scene a little bit. Uh, we've got three candidates for governor, all all good people, but I don't know not, anything about You're not forgetting
1: the Henry County candidate, are you?
4: Who's that? Jennifer
1: McCormick.
4: Huh? Jennifer McCormick. Oh, she's from Henry County. She's right here. Okay, well – She's on unannounced, but I guess she's running. Uh, but, but I think it's very important that we talk to people that who want to lead us and, and they, and they grasp that third rail and, and tell us what they, what they think should be going on in the future. And a lot of times people that are running for office, all they want to do is raise money or, or spend money. And, uh, I think this election in 2024 is just incredibly important, uh, for the future of the state of Indiana. And, um, and, and should we have another pandemic, pandemic, are we ready? You know, and, and I think the idea of cannabis, I think you need to grab that third rail and, and bring it home because it's for the health of Indiana, as well as, you know, the financial health. And so, you know, when I hear we have a $43 billion budget and, and, and that has grown incredibly, uh, it, that's, um, Concerning that we need the right person in the in the in the chair, and uh, the next I don't know um, eighteen months, nineteen months is going to be very important for the state of Indiana.
1: Very good. Do you anticipate the next governor being more or less powerful than the current governor?
4: I believe the next governor of the state of Indiana, if they use the bully pulpit and they use the idea of communication and transparency, they'll be more powerful been a lot of executive orders by this uh if i have anything to do with with, that is not the way it goes and uh uh, that's that's another thing that we need to talk about uh with this pandemic i think what they had 19 uh executive orders uh and and that communication with the legislature who are going to the grocery store they're going to the gym they're going to church and what they're thinking and uh as a legislator former legislator executive orders drive me crazy and 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 that 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 I will, uh, you know, should I enter the race, that will uh, play a large role in how I run the state of Indiana, in uh, very few executive orders because I believe the legislative branch is the place for public policy.
1: Very good. We appreciate you being with us. Thank you, Zach. What do we? What have we forgotten? Oh, I don't know. Uh, he didn't
3: get any beer. I don't drink it. <laughs> you don't need to see that. Um,
1: That's the one thing Zach abstains from.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I know
4: we went over it, but I thought it'd be take a <laughs> <Yeah>. taste.
3: <laughs> uh, I died listens, but Connor Daly, congrats on his, uh, su- surviving the Daytona 500. That's that was fantastic. IndyCar racing is almost here. I can't wait. Um, They've refreshed the yard of bricks, so I need to go get a that's a, cool a springtime visit. I want to know where the stockpile was. I'd like to get a hold of one of those old ones. I know that they have them somewhere.
1: I'm taking you to the Brickyard Crossing. This yeah, year. I'm, have to, we'll, I'm, we'll go. have,
3: to, I'm have to wear my waders. So gonna, uh, your golf and, shoes are going to yeah, be hip waders. Apparently, there's some in the creek over there. Um, you no, know, there's not much else. The weather's <laughs> deceiving. It's, it's winter, but it feels like spring. So I'm still running. So yeah, that got brought up. But other than that, no thanks. Thanks to everybody for coming.
1: How soon until you camp the first time?
3: Uh, I'm. I'm. Uh. Well, I'm going to be going. I'm taking it to Tennessee, uh, the camper of Tennessee for spring break. So in March. Well,
4: it's due to snow uh, because the sectionals are coming.
3: That's right. Yeah. Family yeah. Tuesday snow. Yeah. yeah, we're looking for a Tuesday snowfall. That's always when it's. Yeah. I would. I would like an actual. I uh, the, the and I don't blame the meteorologist. That kind of that dud of one we had a couple. I don't know a couple weeks ago that was the supposed to be real storm. bad. The slush storm. Because mm-hmm. um, it all came down. It was just <laughs> slush, not rain. I, I had the snowblower ready to go. I'm. I want like a six or an eight. Inch I saw in the news this
0: morning that uh, we are below average by twelve point eight inches.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah.
4: The uh, snowfall. N- now the basketball team, Newcastle. Um, are they are they good this year or what? What's I the record?
3: No, I have no idea.
4: Oh no, I haven't been to a game. Call I know school the board member. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Adequate. They're doing okay.
1: Uh, Newcastle did have a wrestler won, a state championship. Yes. There's a freshman wrestler who won. Uh, so that's been the talk of the town the, yeah, last, Tyler, the last
0: week. 126-pound weight division.
3: 42-0 and 0 and took out of multiple-time state champion on his weight. and he's a freshman. <laughs> wow.
0: Um,
3: and I should know his name. <laughs> Tylan's his first name, and I can't remember his last name. And didn't have him on the show. Name, but yeah. He's it's a tough, stout kid. There's yeah. a lot of...
1: There's a lot of Newcastle podcasts that you know. I believe the first he and his, his brother both went. <laughs> he and his brother both went to
3: the state finals. I believe there were three Newcastle wrestlers that went to the state finals. Um, man, I should know his last name. We'll let you Google it.
1: while we we'll we shift over to Brad. Yeah. Thanks for all the beer, Brad. You're welcome.
2: Thanks for having me on. We're, to we're not gonna
1: shill beer. We're it, not gonna wait until the next time you launch a beer brand to have you back out. I, I love you guys coming are both out. Welcome here.
2: Anytime. Uh it is about 50 minutes door to door for me to get here. And uh to yeah. be driven here. To be driven here. <laughs> <laughs> when Jim said he wanted to drive, I'm like, this is awesome. I can have more than one beer while I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> and
4: for anybody, I've had half.
2: <laughs> yeah. I remember one time I had beers with a beer with Jim like 10 years ago. He goes. You know, this might be the last beer I ever have in my life, which I don't think you held firm on that. But
1: so. I've got a lot of friends that after a night of drinking tell me they're never drinking again, <laughs> but then it comes right back. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, but I enjoy coming out here. Thank you very much for having me. Um, I can talk lots of things, radio, politics, beer, yep. business. Got it all covered. Yeah. We didn't even, what, you, you, your day job is with the Chamber. I run the Lawrence Chamber of Commerce. We didn't even talk about that. So. Good things happening in Lawrence, I'm sure. Great things coming happening in Lawrence. Come come to Lawrence. Lawrence seems to be the epicenter for places that still have a supply of brow
4: Yeah, and tell everybody who your new member is.
2: Moondrop Distillery. Yes. Yeah, Moondrop Distillery in Fortville. So uh, they they just joined, and uh, it, so yeah, the Lawrence part of our manifest destiny. We are apparently taking over Fortville and McCordsville as well. <laughs>
0: What's up with all those? They're Chamber going to be plays of,
2: of, of, uh, of uh, Lawrence in no time. Yeah. Hey, I, I, we take all comers. If, if you want to support Lawrence and you want to market to Lawrence and you want to join the Lawrence Chamber, let's have at it. Very nice.
0: The, 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 the second uh, Chamber of Commerce president to be on the show in a row. Who was the first? Or who was the last one? Chris May. Was he the Chamber of Commerce president? Isn't he going? Isn't that his new job in Rushville? Yeah,
1: he is the uh, no. He's going Rush to be County? the executive director of the community foundation. Community foundation oh, the show. community Rush foundation. County. Okay, I was wrong. Yeah. That's a, I thought he was been... in the chamber. Well, you really pay attention to your own show, don't you?
0: It's, it's, it's been a few weeks.
2: <laughs> Have rough. you guys had John McCain on? No, but no, he's on. Our, he is on my yeah, my wish list. Oh, okay. Good man.
1: He's done a good job. John. Yeah. John's a, a very good friend, personal friend, and he's just not been on yet. But it's soon. We'll Let me know Congress. when that's happening.
0: I'll, I'll bring beer.
1: You have your break back
0: up. <laughs> Dakota, what do we need to know? Uh, not a whole lot. Uh, this weekend is the uh, Deer and Turkey Expo at the fairgrounds. It's uh, one of my favorite times up at the the fairgrounds at the Boat Sport and Travel Show, second only to the state fair. Uh, I can't go. This is Jackson's week uh, birthday party weekend, so we made up for it last weekend. I would encourage everyone to go, though it's a great time. Uh, take your family.
3: The people watching of nothing else is spectacular.
0: Yeah, well, that's how true. crowded was it? Oh, very. Because that event
1: has it's been, very crowded, especially Turkey Fowl Weekend. I do well with crowds, but oh my god, get there you as cannot
0: Get there as soon as it <laughs> <That> opens. Popular, <laughs> it really, it really gets crowded like after lunch. Like it seems like most people will go to lunch around Indy around eleven o'clock. And then head or eleven thirty and then head to the fairgrounds. So it really starts picking up around noon. But you can get there at ten and it's not that crowded from ten to noon. And within two hours, if it's not crowded, then you've seen pretty much everything.
1: How many campers had signs that said please don't use this toilet?
3: Oh, that was a thing. <laughs> we went to this RV show like last month, and it was a thing that they had like marked off the toilets, and I was like it was like one of those things. Like you go to Ball State, and it's like in your lease it says you're not allowed to like burn furniture or put a couch on the roof,
0: and you're like, "This is there
3: because they had to put it there."
0: <laughs> and the toilets were all marked. I didn't Just notice. Do not use. I yes. didn't. I didn't see it. Like I'm sure that they must have been marked. If you guys saw it, but I didn't pay any oh, attention. That was yeah. We noticed that after. I wasn't a while. looking we're at like, the bathroom. So my my son would walk into a camper, and he would look and see if there were bunk beds, and he would go, "No." Nope. Can't get this one. He would reject them. Mm -hmm. All right.
3: So, Thailand Thrine. Thailand Thrine is your state champion. One other thing, Newcastle, the bridge is finally open, everybody. The long national nightmare of Henry County is over. (laughs) Our bridge was closed down in like September. It was supposed to be open in November. It opened last week. Is this the one that we
2: came across? Yes, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, That's yes, a great, that's, great bridge. Fre- yeah, fresh. <laughs> that's fine
1: fresh. It, fine. The fine <laughs> people at HIS Constructors have completed the project, and everybody is very happy. Not
3: sure what the. Well, everybody we, survived. I've heard some mixed, mixed there was, reasoning for the mm-hmm. delays, but it's, yeah, it's finally over. There was a Buick. Amalgamation there, there, there was, was, went, there there was a reasons.
1: Buick that tried to make it Dukes of Hazard
3: style Not without Dakota, the bridge
1: being there, and that set them back a while. Oh, oh my goodness. But. We can't, as, we
3: can't have nice things. As somebody whose who's in-laws <laughs> live just on the other side of that bridge, it got old over the holidays, so I'm glad it's open. Very
1: good. All right. Well, thank you guys very much for being a part of the show. Thank you. Uh, apologize for our, our tardiness. It's been two weeks since we've had an episode. That won't happen again for at least a couple months. Uh, with that, we say thank you very much, and we'll see you next Thursday.